Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... Mia Monet. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank uh, you for having me. I really like your stuff. I love what you're doing, and I'm excited to get to know you better. So, first of all, who are you? What do you do? Hi, uh, I am Nia Monet. Some people call me Nini, and uh, I'm a singer-songwriter, uh, stage designer, and sometimes I host a show called Nights of Neo Soul at Hubbly Bubbly, and I just kind of do whatever makes me busy and makes me happy. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I guess which of these are your, like, main thing? <laughs> I would say uh, most likely singing, songwriting. Mm -hmm. That's definitely the thing that people probably mostly know, know me for. Mm -hmm. um so yeah well let's start there uh how did you first get started in music uh I feel like everybody like especially if you've always just had like a thing for music you always just kind of listen to it but when I first started doing it was like probably 2018 I realized like man I do love to sing and it's something I enjoy doing and I have ideas uh so I started writing music and and actually it was my best friend Sarah Farrell she uh, inspired me because she did poetry a lot and she just wrote stories a lot um and so it just I was like you know what like I know I can do the same and I honestly felt like you know I can't I'm not a person who can write in a diary for mm. one so I was like <laughs> so this is a good way for me to get things off my chest with writing rather than feeling like I have to go do your diary today you know I can <laughs> yeah. make it very interesting on how I could tell you a story and so, yeah, 2018 and uh, just got out of a weird seven year relationship. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do something that makes me really happy, which mm -hmm. is music. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, taking note of the fact that you said, like, making a story or telling a story. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think maybe is not acknowledged enough for people who think of music like it is a story and we're, we're telling it in a certain way. And so it's not quite, you know, a novel or something. It's not quite, uh, even a short story, but it is actually a story. Right. Exactly. Um, so I guess what have you learned about yourself when, once you started doing music or like writing music? What I learned is that, uh, I speak very proper sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, words that I decide to use, uh, maybe it's just because I'm here in Oklahoma at the moment. Um, I feel like I've gotten to travel a lot. And so I feel like that definitely has like imprinted in my writing. Yeah. Um, just because like the way I put things, I noticed like I would have never heard that anywhere else. So I just think that's kind of cool. Like it's kind of like, I don't know, like handwriting for songwriting, <laughs> sure, <laughs> like sure, how you yeah. decide to put things. And so uh yeah, I learned that I could be pretty witty when writing a song and stuff and uh, just how good it feels to be able to convey emotions because that's yeah. not something I was well versed in before mm -hmm. making music. Yeah. Um, when did you start like singing? Mm -hmm. So singing, I started in uh, 2019. I had just turned 21 and Sarah's brother, Don Jaye, he's an artist here in the city. Um he told me to get out and network because I told him I was like wanting to do music. And he was like, well, you got to talk to people. Mm -hmm. It's like literally that's how you do it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, OK. And so I turned 21, went to uh, 51st Speakeasy. Actually, it was the first bar I actually ever like went into. Mm -hmm. And uh, literally, I just met literally probably three of the best people I could have met. <laughs> uh, Original Flow and then Desiree and um, oh, and Millie Mesh. <laughs> I was like, who was the third person? Mm -hmm. Uh 
yeah, and that really just kickstarted everything. I just told them what I wanted to do and stayed in contact with them. And from there I grew and Flo actually booked my very first uh, show and my very first paid show. So yeah, he is amazing. He's a great person. <laughs> um, so then, well, I have to like dig into, uh, you'd said like you're in Oklahoma right now. Where are you from? I know you already like said in the form that I have people fill out, but like, yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> you're not from here. And how did you get here? Yeah, uh, I'm originally from North Dakota. Grand Forks, North Dakota is where I was born. Um, it is extremely cold. I mm -hmm. do not. I mean, I'm not going to say I never want to go back. It's just not my first choice. Mm -hmm. um, but both my parents were military. So we were fortunate enough to travel the world. Yeah. Uh, so after North Dakota, I lived in Japan and then wow. Guam. And then we went back to North Dakota. But then be right before here, I was in England for four years. And so uh, I just got to see a lot of the world. Yeah. So um, how I got here was my mom got stationed here at, at Tinker mm -hmm. and we just haven't left. Yeah. <laughs> she, she retired here. And so, and I actually found out that my grandparents were from here when we oh, moved wow. here. I had no freaking clue. <laughs> like until like three years into living here, they're like, yeah, like we were from here. And I was like, I thought you guys were from Texas, but <laughs> the more, you know, so I have Oklahoma roots, I guess. So I guess, tell me about some of the travels that you've been on what was japan like what was england like japan i will be honest i was super young i was like a toddler so oh. i mostly remember hello kitty the candy the snow because they have great snow over there <laughs> like i don't know what it is about maybe the position of it on the earth but it's like the best snow to go sledding in um but i did like i uh I obtained my love for anime and stuff there, I think. Uh, we used to watch Sailor Moon and like when it was on Cartoon Network and right. stuff like that. And so uh, Japan will always have a special place in my heart because uh, aesthetically, I feel like they have one of my favorite aesthetics ever. Just the way they like clean lines and yeah. thing is very like things are very balanced. And I love how things are low to the ground. Like I <laughs> literally purposefully got a bed like frame that's super low to the ground just so I could get that feel because I don't know, they're just very... I just love Japan. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't help but love it. It's just so cool. Um, Guam, that definitely was a very interesting place to live. It was the first experience where I, like, realized that not every place has four seasons. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, because it's, like, smack dab on the equator. And so it doesn't really get all of the things. It just gets an occasional, like, tsunami or hurricane or something. Mm -hmm. um, but that was just, like, a really cool place because I got to – that was when I was – aware of the differences of culture you know what I'm saying like mm -hmm. I was like kindergarten I want to say and that was the first time I could be like oh so this is completely different from how me and my family do things yeah. and that's like super cool and maybe yeah. I could adopt some of those things in, into my life um and then England that probably hands down is the most uh the place that made me who I am the most mm -hmm. if that makes sense um uh, English humor and TV and media is just completely different <laughs> yeah. from here. And so I was truly culture shocked when I moved because for most of my life, I had not lived in the U.S. And yeah. then when I did, I was in North Dakota, which like barely counts <laughs> because it's so far removed from everybody. Um, but yeah, they just have a very interesting way of putting things like especially in their music, like just the way that they decide to convey a message is completely different from how Americans or any other country does. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was like just it's my favorite place probably sure, yeah. to date. Where did you, I guess, end up with like who you wanted to be? Uh, I don't know. I 
<laughs> so I, I moved a lot when I was young as well, but it was also just like all in Oklahoma City. Uh, but it was like, you know, moving between like different schools and stuff. And you're sort of like picking up your life and like starting over again. Yes, so. over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess like where did you find your footing in a way? <laughs> hmm, like where did I? OK, like this is Nia. Yeah, I would say here. I would I would really uh, give Oklahoma like this is the most I've felt myself ever mm. um, because when you grow up in a military home, things are very a certain way. Mm. And then the relationship that I was in was also that same like kind of strict. I had to follow weird rules mm. way. And so when I turned 21 was the first time that I could make decisions without the influence of others. Mm. You know what I mean? And I found that here. And so uh, I found that doing music here. And so, yeah, yeah it means this place means a lot to me. Yeah. <laughs> did you, I mean, did you go to college? Did you, or was you just always just like traveling around with your parents? Um, <laughs> I did, did get to travel some other places besides where I lived, uh, like Jamaica, Bahamas, Mexico and stuff like that. But those are for like vacations. Sure, sure. Um, but I went to cosmetology school after high school. Um, just cause I thought it was something I like to do. I like to do makeup and hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but no, I didn't really do any college. I just personally didn't feel like that was part of my path at that time. I mean, I'm completely open to it later, but it's just it never was something that was yeah. pushed by my parents because I feel like there are other ways to be successful besides mm-hmm. going to college. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of been floating around the last like <laughs> four years <laughs> and sure. just enjoying life as an adult, mm-hmm. as an adult who can make her own decisions. Yeah. And I mean, nowadays, who needs that debt anyways? So Exactly. <laughs> that really was what it was for me. I was like, but will the job that I'm learning to like, yeah. like learning stuff to have, will it pay off all of this in a good amount of time? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what's the trade off? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, you got a skill, you can actually use it and then, yeah, you don't have to be paying that off the rest of your life. So <laughs> when did you realize that music was your place (laughs) Mm -hmm. um I realized I think like I said 21 was really like the start of Mm. a lot of things so 21 years old when I started like getting comfortable on stage and I was like okay I really can like help people and like people can relate especially recently people have been telling me um my song clouded potions like they really can relate and like they feel the words like it makes me emotional when people tell me they've cried to that song because I cried making the song so (laughs) so uh yeah I'd probably say 21 just floating around and doing music Mm -hmm. open mics uh any networking event I saw I I was there um so yeah what are your biggest musical influences? My biggest musical influences are probably Amy Winehouse, hands down. Her way of writing is truly just gut-wrenching. Like, if you ever just read her stuff, even if you don't know who she is, uh, if you, even if you've never heard her music, just the way she paints a picture with her words is so captivating. So Amy Winehouse, for sure. Kings of Leon, I like the way they write as well. I think that is just so interesting how they just put stuff i don't know how to explain it because it's like they're not quite country they're not quite extremely alternative they kind of just do whatever they feel Mm -hmm. at the time and the lead singer's voice is just killer so (laughs) um sev deliza she's visually one of my favorite i love her music as well but if you are are not if you're not familiar with sev deliza i tell everybody this you have to look her up because she's going to be ahead of a lot of things here in the future like very soon 
Um, she just has a way of doing things that I have never <laughs> seen. She pushes me as an artist for real. Um, and then Smino, I love Smino and Don Tolliver. I just love their vibe. Like they have ultimate groove. Like mm. anytime you put on either of those artists, you're going to feel like moving or dancing or just like, I don't know, just having yeah. a good time. Describe it for me because I don't know him. Oh, so Smino, so Smino, he is extremely wordy. He's a wordsmith. Okay. And so just the things that he, am I able to cuss here? Yeah. yeah okay. So like he said something about, People be shitting on me, but I'm never deterred. Like, that's great. Like, I would have never made that kind of, like, analogy or anything. Because, I don't know, he just is very funny with the way he uses words. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then Don Tolliver, he is, I don't know, he just has, like, a different way of using autotune. Which, yes, like, a lot of people use autotune, but I know that man can actually sing. Like, sure. just by the way he uses it. But he uses it more as a, like, a tool to take us somewhere rather than to mask what it is that he has. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he wants to take us into this space that makes us feel like we're floating. So he uses it a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So those are two really dope artists that yeah, yeah. you definitely should check out. <laughs> I will. Um, what is a, I guess, like, deep or, like, nitty-gritty concept in like songwriting or recording whatever it is that you're doing that you're like man I worked really hard on this thing and I know probably no one's gonna hear it but I'm like really proud of it (laughs) Hmm. like like a deep like a detail that only I would notice Mm -hmm. huh (laughs) I have a song called uh late at night that's about pretty much just like being in a toxic relationship and feeling like you're losing yourself and like literally the way I arranged my vocals is kind of disorienting mm. um, because I wanted even it's still pretty and melodic, but it's still slight. Like there's a dissonance. I think that's the correct word mm-hmm. where it's slightly off to where it makes you feel somewhat uneasy during the song. Yeah, You're still enjoying the song, but there's just something that you're hearing that you're like, hmm, I'm not sure what's going on there. And that's exactly how I felt <laughs> yeah. during this relationship. And so, uh yeah, I put those things in there and like backing vocals. I am very intentional with how I put them in my songs and so stuff like that. Um, and just like maybe taking away words like there's a phrase that says late at night when I think about you. But then I shorten it one word more and more because you speak less in a toxic relationship near the end. Like as it goes along, you say less. Yeah. And so, yeah, just like weird little stuff like that, that <laughs> unless I told you, you probably wouldn't know. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> But like it is that kind of stuff that like if if nobody uh, is listening that closely or if nobody is told like, hey, there's actually this really cool thing in there. You know, maybe people people might not pick that up and be like, oh, man, this is brilliant. Like, I love how she did that. So (laughs) Um, why music? Why music? Yeah. I feel like it's the most me. It's the most. uh freeing vice that I've been able to experience mm. especially when you get to do it with other people that enjoy it as much as you do yeah so yeah that's why music <laughs> <laughs> uh tell me about uh neo soul nights yeah what nights of neo soul so that is a show that uh Thomas who actually had asked me to do I want to say last year uh, in 2020 like fall of 2020 um it just was kind of a way for more singers in the city, singers to get heard because at the time it was a lot of rappers, which love rappers, mm-hmm. but 
what about the singers? Yeah. You know, a lot of the time, um, singers don't get the same kind of platform that a lot of rap artists do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had noticed that when I started networking, I was like, man, I love the live music vibe, but where's the singing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of the singing that I had heard, uh, it wasn't a lot of younger people. It was usually an older group. Mm-hmm. And that also is great. But where? what about the people who are just starting out or they just don't know where to go? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to be kind of what flow was for me. Mm-hmm. Have a place for someone to be like, hey, can I sing a part of your show so that I can get comfortable, so that I can network, so that I can just grow as an artist. And that's what Nights in Your Soul is for. Um, I ask people who I feel are capable of doing great things and have them on stage and yeah, just let them do their thing. Let them yeah. be them. I try to make it as stress-free as possible mm-hmm. because I freaking hate when mm-hmm. someone's like stressing me out. I try to make it super organized for them and uh, yeah, I just wanted any singer who wants to be a part of Nights in Neo Soul, feel free to DM us and we will definitely work with you, hear what you got going on and get you up there. Yeah. So what is Neo Soul? Neo Soul. <laughs> so there's soul and then there's Neo Soul. So it's the new approach, I would say, to soul. Um, so if you listen to like music soul child ever, um, that's like an older version of soul. Mm. Um, but now people are incorporating new sounds and even like I don't know it's kind of hard to explain because it's got so many different facets to it but I feel like people are now incorporating more electronic sounds into soul that were not there before um and I feel like that's what makes it new um just being able to have more gadgets to play with when you're making an R&B song and yeah that's what I would consider (laughs) (laughs) and it's always really hard to like describe genres anyways and like uh, this is a question I ask often as well is like, does genre matter anymore? Hmm. <laughs> I would say to an extent, yes, but I feel like it's so much easier to fuse different genres together now, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I do feel like sometimes you do need a guide because mm-hmm. I could say I want to be a reggae Nia, but I also could do mm-hmm. opera as well. But, you know, I'm still going to need some kind of like, I don't know, guide to Cause there's an audience that listens to that, you know what I'm saying? So I would say, yeah, it still matters just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, cause that's the thing. It's like, we're, we're also trying to sell ourselves so that people will listen to it. And so it's like, what kind of music do you make? Well, it's like a little bit of everything. It's like, that's not going to help. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Someone, a producer had told me that too. They're like, cause I was, in that stage where I was like, oh, I don't want to have to confine myself to a box. <laughs> like, And he was like, but it's OK to sometimes, especially when you need somewhere to start. Branch off later, but start somewhere. So I was like, OK, that's actually pretty good advice. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, what's I guess well, here's sort of my more like even broader philosophical questions about music. Okay. Um, is there such a thing as bad music? Uh, I'm gonna say no because it could be good to somebody you know what I'm saying it might not be good to me but it's good to someone henceforth why it was made you know what I mean so I'm gonna say no there is there's no such thing as bad music there's just music that you might not mess with you know what I mean like you might not fuck with that but it's for somebody (laughs) so yeah (laughs) Uh, do you separate art from the artist? 
Ooh, I try. Ooh, <laughs> that's hard because, <laughs> because it depends on the situation we're talking about, because there's a few where you can't separate those two. You have to kind of take them together. And if you're not okay with how that person is, you can't be okay with how their art is sometimes. Just mm-hmm. even if it's so fire and it's been a bop for years, uh, sometimes it is. Oh God, I would say. It depends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just depends on this. It's a case by case. Clearly you have someone in mind oh, here. <laughs> I have a few people in mind. <laughs> I have a few in mind, but sometimes you can separate. Sometimes it's just, um, it's so big of an issue that you can't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Where's, where's the line? Um, I guess for you, because everyone else has their own. Well, I feel like when my morals are crossed, mm-hmm. And like that person is clearly like doing something that in my moral book, I feel like is that that's really messed up. That's when I have to be like, okay, I can't separate those two. Now, if they're just doing like regular human mistakes Mm -hmm. that everybody makes in life sometimes, then okay. But if you're like, I feel like if you're doing something that is just like wrong, then no, I can't separate the art. Mm -hmm. I have to, those two are tied. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um. Do you think that, I guess, knowing music theory and being academic about music is necessary to make music? No, actually, I don't. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't actually understand music theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's just different for some people thrive off structure like music theory. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I am not a person like that. I think it would be still helpful to learn, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. I feel like you can make a lot of things not knowing a single note, but just feeling it and being like, oh, well, that sounds good together. And yeah. Yeah. You can still develop an ear. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, What is something that people don't normally know about you? Hmm. A lot of the time people don't know that I'm not from here. A lot of people think that I am from here. Um, They don't know that I lived abroad. Um, Hmm. Lasagna is my favorite food. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's see. I know. I feel like there's a lot of things people don't know sure, about sure. me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think those are pretty big ones besides the lasagna. I feel like that I'm not from here. And uh, maybe that I, I'm a visual artist as well. I am not just limited to music. I do a lot of visual stuff. I like to draw and paint mm-hmm. and recently gotten to, like I said earlier, stage design and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like prop making and yeah. things like that. So actually, yeah, let's delve into that. What is stage design? What does that entail? And I guess, how do you uh, express yourself through it? Um, So pretty much, uh, Stage design is just, you know, having a space, whether it be a room or an actual stage that needs um, to me, once again, a story told. Um, And so you just kind of collaborate with whoever it is that's asking you to do something. And you're like, hey, this is the vision that I see. And uh, if I'm able to craft it with my hands or curate it online or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, I do that. Uh, That's what I like to do. Um, I got started in that actually this year. Um, it was part of one of my manifestation rituals I did on my birthday. Um, and I told myself I was going to use my creativity more because I felt like I was holding myself back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, F it, take me to Hobby Lobby. And like, I just kind of looked at things and I kind of like deconstructed things. while Because I love Hobby Lobby. Like that's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite places to go just because I love art 
stores and they had these gigantic flowers and that really is what started it. I was looking at these giant flowers that were selling for about $15. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, I don't want to pay $15 for a giant <laughs> flower, especially if I could probably figure out a way to make it. Mm-hmm. And so literally, if you can follow directions, if you can go on YouTube and just think of something, you can make anything. Yeah. That's what I learned doing stage design. <laughs> yeah, we can all save so much money by going to the University of YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> um. And then I guess just expanding outside of that, even just like what else you consider to be like part of you as a visual artist, like what else is that expression? Um, I definitely have gotten into graphic designing. Um, I feel like it's just cool to be able to make something look like something that is absolutely not. Um, Like I think I I recently just posted a picture where it looks like I'm in another country. Obviously I'm not, I'm here. Mm. Um, But I just think it's cool to be able to do that and transform something. It's just another way to show people what's going on in your brain. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And then I, like I said, I love to paint. Um, I just wanted to like anything I can do that's visual. I would love to get into. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And then last one on this front, what advice do you have for people that are wanting to, do what you're doing if they want to get into music or visual art or stage design yeah um literally speak up mm. literally just say something to somebody who might be able to help you or might know somebody who can help because you literally never know who knows who and uh i would say don't be afraid to put in the groundwork i networked for six months mm. before i actually got to do my first show um and so i definitely think that that's a very important part Make yourself a part of your community. Go help. Uh, if you, it's something that you're interested in, help set it up. Get there early and be like, hey, uh, I'm just kind of hanging around. Is there anything I can do? Mm-hmm. And that'll open up so many doors in itself um, that, yeah, after that, nothing will stop you yeah. because you'll have a good reputation, um, especially if you're being genuine about your interests and stuff. It's not for the wrong reasons. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my advice. Just yeah. get out there and speak up. Heck yeah. (laughs) Switching gears into the deep questions that make bit depth what it is. Um, What is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Um, I actually was not raised with a lot of religion, uh, but I, I would say like my parents kind of let us figure out um, what is good or what is wrong and what is right. Um, so they never made us go to church. I went to Awana's for like a little bit, but I was like a child and I feel like it was more like a daycare situation. Sure. So, so, um, but spirituality, um, I had to kind of discover it on my own and I am still learning a lot about it, mm-hmm. uh, what it means to me. Um, at this point, spirit, spirituality, I have like what I call a spiritual compass and sometimes it'll like, you know tell me, hey, this is not the place for you. I can feel it Mm -hmm. in my soul. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. My spiritual compass is telling me to move this way. So it's time to leave this in the past and go this way. Um, But yeah, spirituality is super important to me because I feel like it keeps me balanced. Mm -hmm. It keeps me thinking, okay, like I know I have a purpose here. And as long as I'm listening and paying attention to my like abundance of blessings that I have around me, then I'll be just fine. Of course, there's going to be those rough times. But if as long as you're doing your best to stay balanced in your spirituality or your religion, if that's how you decide to connect with that, um, then I think 
You'll be able to navigate the world just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What, I guess you had sort of mentioned it that like your parents never really like forced you to do anything. I guess like what did you grow up with? (laughs) Hmm. I grew up with, I think a lot of different ideas, especially since I was traveling a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the places that I went, they all kind of, viewed religion differently. Like I've been able to see beautiful cathedrals, but I've also seen in Guam that they have a certain way of approaching Christianity as well. And, and then Japan, I I was too young to really even comprehend, but like, um, I think I grew up kind of just knowing what I wasn't supposed to do. Mm. Uh, My dad had this plate that had the seven, uh, not the, the, the ten, ten yeah the ten commandments uh and i kind of just was like yeah that seems about right don't hurt anybody like don't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and i like that was from a child standpoint i was like that seems like a good guideline mm-hmm. since my parents were not telling me oh you have to go to church and pray whatever sure, sure. Um, i was like i'll just go off that and as i got older um i still think about those um but i think i just like I don't know. I just apply it differently now. It's not about religion. It's just like, okay, these are the things that I, I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. And so like, just don't, don't mess up somebody's day today. Don't hurt somebody today. And I think you're doing and do as much as you can to help. Mm. Um, that's kind of how I move. <laughs> and that's how I grew up too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is your definition of God? Ooh, I was just talking about this today. Um, God is like an energy, not an entity. Mm. And uh, he, to me, uh, I feel like he is everywhere um, or he or she or they. Um, Like God doesn't have a form. Mm. They're in your food. Um, I don't know. It's like an energy. It's just energy. The air that's filling my lungs right now, that's God as well. Um, and sometimes I don't even call them God. I call them the universe. Mm. And so, yeah, God is everything. Yeah. <laughs> what is free will? Free will. Ooh. Free will? I don't know the exact definition, but, huh. That's a good That's a good question because I would have never thought of that. Uh, free will. Can we run this one? Can we go back to this one? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, okay. I, yeah, I want to think on that one a little more. <laughs> um, I, I ask a lot of philosophical questions. And so, like, sometimes people haven't really, like, I have to be careful with uh, the free will one because mm. sometimes people don't, like, ooh, crap. And then, <laughs> like, even as they're answering the question, they're, like, deconstructing it. So, like, yeah, they're yeah. like, wait, but we'll come does back it mean it. this? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you think happens when we die? Hmm. So I have a few theories. I think about this often. Uh, energy cannot be destroyed. So I feel like it definitely goes somewhere else. Um, it might not be into another person. Um, it might be into a item, uh, maybe a plant, a tree. Uh, but I do feel like your energy is just recycled because it cannot be destroyed. So, um, the idea of going to heaven sounds so nice to me, but to me, for some reason, that doesn't seem like that's what's going to happen. I feel like I'm going to be back here in some way, shape or form. Hmm. Um, I guess, yeah, uh, I want to expand on that. Like, mm-hmm. what is heaven and why, 
I guess, why or why not? <laughs> why or why not? So heaven, um, I just feel like heaven, heaven is different for everybody. Heaven might be your most peaceful memory, but to me, it might be, you know, oh, I'm like along, like I'm in my happiest place that I ever was along the beach of Florida or something. Or, you know, I just feel like heaven is different for everybody if it does exist. Um, like I said, me, I personally believe like I just am re- like my energy is recycled. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there is a heaven, I feel like it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Just like just like hell would probably be different for everybody. Something mm-hmm. that you're deeply disturbed by might not de- disturb someone else. Mm-hmm. So how do you determine what good behavior is? Um, did it help anybody and did it hurt anybody? Those mm-hmm. are two very, uh, I feel like, simple questions to ask. Um to keep yourself on track is if you're doing the right thing or not that day. Um, good behavior. I feel like it's like I said, if it's not hurting anybody, mm-hmm. including yourself, mm-hmm. um, then I think that's good behavior. Yeah. Do you have like an example of a time where you like learned that more solidly? <laughs> yes. I feel like, uh, when I was younger, I used to get picked on a lot. I was like short. I had like a super weird hairline. <laughs> it was just not good. And baby hairs weren't a thing yet. So I had no clue what to do with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so like, I don't know, I understood what it was to be an outcast. And so as I was growing up and I continued to get picked on probably until I moved here, um, I always tried to out for, or to befriend the outcast um, because oftentimes they're probably like one of the smartest people in the room. Uh, they're probably the most interesting and they just need a friend to talk to. Yeah. So um, I think that's probably the first time I intentionally tried to have good behavior yeah. because I was already a nice, good kid for the most part. Um, but I was just like wondering what extra can I do? What can I do to make someone's day better? Yeah. So yeah. And unfortunately, especially nowadays, those outcasts uh, don't get enough help. And that's why we see a bunch of school shooters. And stuff, exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, especially with like the way that social media has made us like decide what's normal and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has helped some of the outcasts, um, but there are still a lot that just go unheard or unnoticed. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it is really unfortunate. Um, I wish there was a way for like or. I wish there was like a group because like I used to go to Dodia schools and there was a group literally mm-hmm. that would like go help those kids or like go talk to them. Or if they were just a little more socially awkward, mm-hmm. um, there was literally like a little school club that was for those things. Yeah. And I feel like schools should implement that more because I see the difference. Uh, when I moved to public school, I saw the stark difference. Um, I thought there was clicks before, but no, there, there are definitely clicks here. Um, people were a little like, oh, we'll, we'll talk to each other, but we'll still mind our business here. It's like, I will not speak to you if you're not in this group or if you don't play this sport or whatever. I had never seen that. I thought that was like only in the movies. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so I was shook. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like people should reach out to Outcast more. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we reduce the division between people? Hmm. I feel like to reduce division, find similarity. Everybody has some similarities. Um, hmm. It's just, <laughs> there's so many different kinds of people out there. It can seem overwhelming, but 
um, yeah, I feel like find similarities between you and that person that you think you would have nothing in common with. Uh, just sit down, sit, like hear them out. And uh, you might be surprised on how similar your stories are. Yeah. Do you believe humans are evil by nature? Not all of them. Mm. You know what Elaborate. I mean? Okay. <laughs> I feel like there are, I have met people who, you know, even though they came from, from what I think is a decent home and from what they've told me, they haven't really experienced too many things that are traumatic. They still have what you would consider evil tendencies. Mm. Um, jealous quickly or like things like that. Some people truly are just not happy. Um, yeah. But I don't believe all men are bad. I literally, uh, you know, the song We All Try by Frank Ocean. Mm. Literally, I still believe in man. A wise man asked me why. It's because I don't believe we're wicked. I know that we sin, but I do believe we try. That is like some real shit. Like that was my high school quote. And I still believe that to this day. I don't think everybody's bad. I feel like we go through things sometimes and uh, we might not know how to process that information, uh, but we have to do shadow work so that we can continue to be literally like beacons of light moving around here and helping each other. So. Yeah. Real quick. Shadow work. What is that? Shadow work. Okay. How I consider shadow work um, is finding those things that make you maybe have like a trauma response or um, just something that seems like it's a very like heavy negative weight in your life and going back and kind of like, it's very easy to try to push that stuff back. Mm. Um, I've done it before mm. and I was like, yeah, this is not helping me though, because the weight is still there. Yeah. And so if I want to be free, I need to do my shadow work, meaning if I need to talk to a person who was involved in that incident or just find it in myself to forgive or, um, you know, whatever, whatever you need to do to make yourself feel not so heavy about that situation or that incident or that fact that happened to you, uh, that to me is shadow work. Yeah. Uh, the idea of uh, forgiveness and it actually kind of makes me think of a question I asked earlier about like separating art for the art from the artist. Like, mm-hmm. um, what is forgiveness? Where does it come from? Uh, yeah, I guess sort of exploring around that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say forgiveness. First, I think forgiveness comes from yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to. I mean, it's it's really hard, especially depending on the situation, but you really have to find it in yourself to be like, I don't deserve to carry this anymore. You know what I'm saying? I don't deserve to carry this anymore. So I have to forgive this person for me. It's not for them. Forgiving is, I feel like, for yourself so that you don't have to feel that every day. Um, And if, you know, forgiveness then in turn help, like whoever you are forgiving, if it builds your relationship with that person or thing or incident if it if it builds your relationship cool and if it it doesn't seem to make it better or they just don't understand what they've done wrong you still forgave them for you it wasn't for them mm-hmm. you know what i mean um so yeah yeah that's cool <laughs> what do you think humanity is heading towards in the future hmm I feel like humanity, I can be nihilistic at times, but I feel like humanity 
there's so many <laughs> there's so many directions we could go <laughs> uh but i feel like to a degree just from what i've seen in the last few years especially with this pandemic and everything i do feel like there is something on like the brink of like a huge like there's something coming i guess if that makes sense not that it has to be bad it just is going to be very uh it's going to cause a huge change whether that be in how we communicate with each other whether that be in how we consume media uh goods like i feel like there is a change like a a significant change on its way um especially with things like nfts and bitcoin and crypto and all these things like i feel like there's going to be a separation of the people who are willing to learn those things and go along with the flow with that and those who are like very used to how we do things now Mm. and uh i feel like that definitely will be you know there's going to be a difference Mm um so yeah i feel like humanity is gonna evolve for the better but i also do feel like maybe some might i don't want to say get left behind but Mm. they might be stuck in old ways for a little longer Mm. so i mean we still have people stuck in old ways yeah exactly (laughs) like literally i work at tower theater and people will call in and they'll ask for us to mail stuff to them and it's just because they do not use computers like they refuse Mm. and they only reason that they found our number is because they have a phone book (laughs) like 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 people like that still do exist so i yeah that's like a perfect example so some people will be left behind Mm -hmm. um what makes you optimistic about our future optimistic i feel like people are um coming together more uh there was a lot of times or you know there's a long time where people of all different walks of life couldn't sit in the same room and so I think it's dope that we can now. And not only that, but we're fighting for each other now, too. Um, so I feel very optimistic about people being more together. Mm-hmm. Um, just realizing that we're all human trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's, a, it's possible. To yes, so. <laughs> 100%. What makes you content? Content. Hmm. Does it have to be in anything specific or just content and just period? What makes me feel content? <laughs> like Usually people answer this with like lists of things. <laughs> okay. Uh, if that pulls you in a direction. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, what makes me content is uh, knowing that I did my best to show that I love people. Um, making sure my family's good makes me feel content making sure my friends, which is extended family, um, making sure they're good. Uh, Knowing that I'm happy with whatever I've done that day, I guess, really. Uh, I didn't waste my time. I'm like super huge. I'm not wasting my time. Uh, Yeah, things like that make me content. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When will you be satisfied? satisfaction now content and satisfied yeah those are two different different uh different things uh i feel like i'll be satisfied when everybody that i care about is taken care of whether that be financially spiritually mentally whatever the case um that's the only time i think i'll be satisfied Mm. and i'll just keep working until i get there (laughs) 
Yeah. What advice do you have for people in general? Be kind. Be nice. (laughs) I know some days it's hard. I'm not perfect. Like, I've had my moments, but I feel like that is the smallest thing that we can do for each other. Just be kind and be patient with each other and have compassion. Just be empathetic. Like, truly try to put yourself in other people's uh, shoes before you do something and do nothing without intention. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Um, Going with some of the like mental flags that I've been planting over time. um, Social media. uh, How do you think, uh, I guess, as a musician, as a person that has to be out there, uh, how do you think social media affects like what you're putting out there and I guess what you're taking in as well yeah I feel like it definitely makes me think more about what it is that I'm about to post Mm -hmm. there's been plenty of times where I posted something and then I overthought it and took it down because Mm -hmm. I don't know social media like especially if you're thinking long term like you just don't want anything to bite you in the butt because you might think something's funny but someone might take offense like social media is just a weird space Mm -hmm. (laughs) it wasn't what it was not even a decade ago. Yeah. Like it is truly like, I feel like most people's number one source of entertainment now. And uh, yeah, as an artist, it just makes me feel like I need to put my best foot forward. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't want to put anything half-baked out there on social media because it will be judged mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, will, it could be judged harshly. So uh, it definitely makes you, it makes me more uh, detail oriented. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, I need to make sure that this looks good for this platform and this platform. I'm thinking of like ratios mm. for certain posts and stuff, like things I just never had to think about before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I I look at the Instagram grid as like a portfolio. Like it's not even like, oh, no, it's just like this is what I'm sharing. Like, no, it's like this is my professional. Like this is what I'm putting out there and like got to be careful with that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because you never know who's you know browsing your uh, socials it could be a huge label that's looking to sign or you know f- sponsor someone and they're looking at you but if your feed is not on point then what you know yeah. so i agree it is a portfolio mm. and then actually the mention of a record label is there need for record labels nowadays do Absolutely you not. want to get signed <laughs> uh i feel like it's not necessary um and if the the deal is right to where i'm not completely getting gypped out of <laughs> what my creative content my ip my intellectual property um then sure i could sign with somebody as long as i am actually going to be able to prosper off of this deal but i don't feel like it's necessary um many people have shown that you can be independent and and successful which is why i also love savdaliza she's a completely independent artist Mm -hmm. she's not signed to anyone and she does incredible things and it's because nobody's telling her she can't Mm -hmm. and i feel like that is so important as an artist you do not want to lose the ability to just express your ip how you want Mm -hmm. um And I feel like sometimes a label will do that. They'll be like, well, no, how do you, you know, this won't sell well. We already know what's going to sell well. So this is what we want you to do. And I just don't, that doesn't sound enjoyable to me. (laughs) I don't like people telling me what to do as it is. So yeah, no, it's not necessary. Yeah. Is there 
a separation between, I guess, like who you are as an artist versus who you are just as a human being? <laughs> Honestly, I was thinking about that the other day. and I, was, I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely feel like when I'm making music, um, especially since I like tend to make heartbreak songs a lot, I come off as like extremely sad <laughs> and that's just not even who I am. I'm actually really happy most of the time. And I just like to talk and joke and like have a good time. Um, but as an artist, especially since like my use of writing, like what I use writing for, it's completely different from how I live my life. Like I usually am getting something off my chest when I'm writing. Um, and so my music tends to be kind of, <laughs> sad but uh yeah i do feel like there's somewhat of a separation for sure Mm -hmm. uh but also not at the same time because it's a piece of me it's just like one part yeah (laughs) um i and i guess sort of like the idea of like image of like is the person that you present on like social media or on stage like any different from just like who you are in your day-to-day no i don't think so she just dresses better um <laughs> like honestly uh because like in my daily life i'm not gonna throw on a white wig i mean i could but <laughs> i'm not gonna throw on a white wig and bleach my eyebrows and make them white just for my day at work you know what i mean like i literally came from work i have a sweater on um also it's just like a lot of work to like try and look stage ready yeah stage ready all the time time. yeah Yeah, no that i mean one day when i have the team to do so absolutely (laughs) dress me up every day but uh at this juncture in my life i feel like image wise like that definitely is a experience that i have put hours into (laughs) um to put before everybody's eyes uh but when you just see Nia at work and that's just Nia at work you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) um I have one more question for you potentially the most important cake or pie ooh (laughs) (laughs) let's see Wow, this is probably the most, out of all the questions you asked me today, this is probably the the hardest. Uh, Cake or pie? I'm going to say, hmm, I might be a pie girl. Yeah, I'm going to go with pie. What's what's the pie that's popping into your mind as you say, like, man, pie is a thing. Apple crumble pie. (laughs) Like, apple crumble pie with, like, a good scoop of, like, French vanilla ice cream. Mm. You can't beat that. Now, I've never been a huge cake person. Like, for my birthday, I have cheesecake, which is not your traditional cake. But I think cheesecake's kind of a pie, low-key. Well, no, yeah. I mean, (laughs) over the many years that I've been asking this question, it's pretty much a consensus. Cheesecake is pie. Okay, cool. So, yeah, (laughs) pie for sure, because I only have cheesecake for my birthday. I don't ever ask for cake. So, I'm locking it in, pie. (laughs) Um, oh, and I do have to bring it back since uh, you mentioned like difficult question. Mm-hmm. We put a pin in the free will question. We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> okay. So this is a loose, uh, loose interpretation of what I think free will is, uh, just cause it might change mm. two months from now, but I feel like free will is, I mean, it's in the name free will, <laughs> like the freedom to do what it is that you feel is right. I, <laughs> that right, is such a, right. that's a weird, that's a good question. Like <laughs> you got to keep that one on there. For me, free will is just 
going with the wind and like doing what I feel is right. That's what it is for me. I'm not going to say what it is for everybody else, but for me, it is feeling something in my spirit, not just, oh, it's just a thought or a passing thought. Like, no, I feel it in my soul. And I'm like, I'm going to go do that. Like, that's free will. Mm. And like, having the energy and like confidence enough to do that. Mm-hmm. That's free will for me. For me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nia, thank you so much for doing this with me. Where can we find you and your things? Um, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I hardly use Twitter, but both of them are N-I-A-X-M-O-N-E. That's Nia X Monet. Um, and as for music right now, you can find me on Apple Music and Spotify. I have uh, my single that I released in January, Clouded Potions. Um, but I also have plenty of features with other amazing local artists. Like I think I have like six or seven of them. Um, and then things will be coming for you guys. Like we talked about mm-hmm. sometime next year, <laughs> something's dropping. Um, just cause I'm really excited for you guys to see what I've been working on. So yeah, yeah. that's where you can find me. Nia Monet. Mm-hmm. There was also, I mean, uh, I was thinking about this whenever you asked me like, Oh, or my music. And like I was on, um, Circle Lotus, and you are also on Circle Lotus. So, yeah, there's another performance. I feel like it's good to have that because it's like, yeah, we have music, we're working on it, but also, like, here's live performance. Yes, and Circle Lotus, shout out to them because they are so awesome. Like, such great people. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, so once again, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm Santiago Ramones. I am Nia Monet. And now here's Clouded Potions by Nia Monet. Still call my phone to this day 
But there's nothing left to say You can't have it your way anymore Thought you'd give me the world a million roses All I got was spells and gladi potions yeah. And gladi potions yeah. Thought you'd give me the world a million roses All I got was spells and gladi potions yeah. And gladi potions, gladi potions, gladi potions Gladi potions, gladi potions, gladi potions You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I made. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can buy it on Bandcamp because a single purchase is the monetary equivalent of streaming it all day, every day for about a week. I'm working on an album, so if you'd like to hear that at some point, you can buy my music, or you can support me on Patreon. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to all my things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. If you like the podcast, leave comments on social media, leave reviews saying how much you like the podcast, and tell your friends about it. I want to help the world have deeper conversations. So thank you for listening to and supporting BitDev. I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. <laughs>